What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 10 of the He Said, She Said podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve, joined by our co-host, Ashley Spivey. Ashley, how are you? Doing okay. Little under the weather, but I know. Fine. Got a little under the weather. You're a little sniffly. Um, little I think sniffly. There's only about one cough in there, I think, in these calls today. But uh, two yeah. interesting calls. I held gonna, it back. I know. You, you could tell, I could tell you had a couple because I can see you when we record and could tell that you were <laughs> holding stuff back. Um, two interesting calls today. We got Stephanie in California up first, whose boyfriend's fr- best friend doesn't like her. And then, uh, we have a, um, a first here on the, he said, she said podcast in 10 episodes. We have our first mail caller. So you will get to hear that. That is Patrick in Nashville is caller number two, but uh, a major topic that is brought up in these calls has to do with weddings and dances and money. And we, we need your input on this. Anybody who's listening, please email myself or Ashley and let us know. You'll, you'll hear it more in the first call. But please let us know if you've ever been to a wedding or even your own wedding where you had a money dance. Ashley had never heard of what a money dance is. I've been to three or four weddings that had them. It's been a while, but I did have three or four weddings that I went to where, you know, the men dance with the bride and the women dance with the groom. And when you walk up, you just put money in their little bag that they have over their shoulder. It's like a little purse. I've been to like 20 weddings <laughs> in the past five years. And, and one money I've dance. yet to see this. That is yes. crazy. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to, we're going to open it up to the people and we might even do one of those. I might even do one once the Let's do episode a poll. release. Yeah. I might do one of those Twitter polls. Have you ever been to a wedding that had a money dance or did your wedding have a money dance and just do a yes or no and see what the, uh, see what the reaction is. Yeah, we'll do that. And actually we are going to do that tomorrow. Ashley, when this podcast goes up, uh, cause we're recording this open the day before, um, you do that. You put the poll up or do you want me to do it or do okay. we both do it? We'll both do it. We'll both do it. So okay. we get the most number of responses. The most number of responses. Yeah. I definitely want, and we'll, I'll, I'll text you tomorrow and we'll time it to where we release it at the same time. So, um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's just get right into the show. I mean, we'll, we'll, money dance is going to be a big thing now. Um, but yeah, let's, <laughs> let's just jump right into the show. Uh, and let's get to our first caller. Okay. Let's bring in our first caller. Her name is Stephanie. She is in California. Stephanie, how are you? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. Ashley. <laughs> say hi to Stephanie. Doing great. <laughs> yeah. Ashley is, um, a little under the weather. Because it's bit. like, is it, is it like twenty degrees in New York right now, Ashley? Like, is it freezing cold or what's the deal? Oh no, now it's fine. Oh, okay, but now it's okay. It, now, when it got cold, you got a little sick. So Ashley's a little yeah. bit under the weather, as we know. Um, so uh, Stephanie, anyway, yes, let's get to your call. Um, I know you're having issues with your boyfriend's friend, so why don't you fill everybody else in on that? Okay, uh, so I have been with my boyfriend for three years now, and um, overall we have a great relationship, and I really have nothing to complain about. However, he does have a friend who, like, for the whole time that we've been together, just does not like me, has always just been very distant and cold towards me, and... So it is something that has been bothering me, especially three years of it. <laughs> so that's, I guess, my situation. What is 
what is the deal with the friend? Like how many times do you see him or interact with him? Not that often. Uh, I used to be around him a lot more at the beginning of our relationship because my boyfriend lived with their mutual friend. So he would come by a lot more often. Uh, and he does live like an hour and a half away from us. So he wouldn't be around all the time, but more often when they had lived together and now, uh, my boyfriend and I live together. So it's been kind of, I would say less, you know, maybe, um, he'll go and stay with their friend for a weekend every, I don't know, three months or so. So he's not really around too much. Have you ever asked the friend in question specifically why he doesn't or asked your boyfriend, does your boyfriend recognize the fact that his best friend doesn't like you? Yeah, uh, he's definitely aware of it. Um, I mean, I've never actually had a conversation with <laughs> with his friend because he just won't even like look at me or acknowledge that I'm in the room. So I've never really been comfortable to talk to him. I haven't really had like an in-depth conversation with my boyfriend about it, which I feel like I should do at some point soon because the holidays are coming and probably going to have to, you know, be around, be around his friend more and all that. So, and did anything ever happen? Like, did y'all ever get in an argument or uh, no. what could have caused this? <laughs> no, uh, the closest thing I could think of. Um, so when I had met his friend, we had been dating for like, I don't know, three months. Uh, so I was just meeting all his friends at that point, And it was New Year's Eve. So we're, <laughs> you know, we're hanging out just you know, having a good time as, as people do on New Year's Eve. And I might've made a blowjob joke or two. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, I guess, uh, from what my boyfriend says, his friend is religious and a bit more conservative than we are. So I'm like, okay, is that why he like hates me? Because I made blowjob jokes when everyone was drinking on New Year's Eve. <laughs> so I'm like, that can't be the reason. That's just stupid. <laughs> that's, that's a horrible reason to hate somebody. Horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that makes you awesome. Like, well, haven't you watched Goodwill Hunting? Like, that's how, like, the girl in the movie, like, endeared everyone to her. Like, well, she told you. a blowjob joke. <laughs> you, would, you would think that that would have been the case, but I guess not. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's, it's very strange to me and I've had friends, like, so I've talked to my friends about it and one of them was like, well, maybe he likes you. Maybe he's jealous and can't deal with it, but. (laughs) Or he likes your boyfriend. Oh yeah. that's. (laughs) Well, I mean, I think, I think one of them, one thing could be just the fact that I know you said he's an hour and a half away, so I was thinking yeah. that maybe because you were taking time away from him. Um, yeah. I, that's possible, but... Yeah. I, if he's not that... If it's not like he's still living in the same area, and ever since you got with his friend, it's just been like, oh, he's just going to hang around you now or whatever. I mean, I don't, oh, I don't no. see that happening. I, I don't know. Yeah, they they see each other the same amount that they did before, so... Huh. Yeah. 
but, but you don't have to deal with it's it too so often. Bizarre. You don't see that. You don't yes. see that. You don't see him very often. But you will see no. him coming up with the holidays. Probably, yeah. I mean, I usually try to usually try to avoid, you know, like uh, when he's around. Um, I usually just like stay home or do something else. But um, yeah, I think it'll be kind of inevitable with you know the holidays and everything. And I don't. I always feel bad for like you know, always having to make some kind of excuse like, oh, you know, I have these plans that just happened two minutes ago when I learned that he was going to be around. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's so, I mean, has your boyfriend ever been like, yeah, it's so weird that so-and-so won't like look you in the eye or talk to you? I, you around? Know, no. no, like we haven't really talked much about it. And I know that I'll have to be the one to kind of mention it, but I would think he would think it was weird, yeah. Because <laughs> it, it's just all of his other friends like me, and I have no problems with anyone else in his life, so. <laughs> what's this guy's story? Your best, like, what's his deal? Does he, <laughs> I mean, I, it just it's, it's just such odd behavior. It is. Yeah. Um, well, okay, so they they were became friends in kindergarten. They've been friends, you know, since. Um I guess he, like, he was in college for, like, I don't know, five years or something, and now he lives at home. I don't know if he has a job. Um, I don't know what he does, like, in his day-to-day life. Um, Because you never talk to him. (laughs) Well, right, I don't, yeah. And, you know, and my boyfriend's mom is always asking about him, and, and my boyfriend will be like, oh, yeah, he still doesn't have a job, or, like, I don't know what he's doing. Is he... It's just so strange. <laughs> well, I, the whole thing is strange. Like there, there, yes. there is a part of, I, I think, me and Ashley that do think that <laughs> he has a little bit of a crush on you or something along That's those lines. That's possible. Yeah, for him. But you guys, but it's it's tough to say he's had a crush on you because you guys have never had a conversation. Like, right? Can you really yeah, have a crush on somebody you've never had a conversation with? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Unless she hit him with the combo of just being like physically stunning and telling great blowjob jokes and he was just like wow wow this woman i can is... like never look at you again oh my god i don't know um yeah it is it is just like really weird and, and like literally since i met him i remember like i you know i said oh hi nice to meet you and he was just kind of like oh hi <laughs> and then that was it and then from there he just always he always just acts very like uncomfortable around me which I mean, I know I didn't do anything to cause that. At least I think I didn't. <laughs> so are you going to say something to your boyfriend to where you just laid out there? Like, look, I mean, guys, I don't think you need to go to this guy and talk to him because he's no. not going to talk to you. Or, you no. know, it just would seem too uncomfortable at this point since you guys really haven't had any sort of conversation. Um, no. Your boyfriend, <laughs> are you going to tell your boyfriend, like, look, can you say something to him? Because this is really... It's bothering me. You know, your best friend doesn't like yeah. me. That's kind of a big deal. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. I do plan on doing that. Yeah. Especially because I don't like want this to be a problem going forward and like feeling awkward every time. Cause he'll probably, you know, he'll be around like at this point he's going to be in his life because, <laughs> you know, they've been friends since they were like five. So that's not going to change. So, um, yeah, I just don't want it to be an issue, and I don't want, you know, my boyfriend, you know, 
thinking like, oh, you know, my friend doesn't like her and that's weird. <laughs> well, especially but moving I forward, think, I don't, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to, um, you know, jump the gun here. I don't know how serious you and your boyfriend are, but if it's three years and there's oh, yeah, a possible we're definitely en- serious. Yeah. engagement coming in the future, like if you guys do end up getting married, this guy's probably going to be the best man. Like oh, you kind of need to repair that relationship. I think about this all the time and I would just be so I would just feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel like, oh, literally, you know, he's given a speech at the wedding. He doesn't know anything about me. And, like, he would just have to talk about my boyfriend the whole time. And that's not really yeah. typically what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's just weird. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe, like, there will be some kind of progress made for that point. But Do I mean, you know if he was friendly with your boyfriend's ex-girlfriends or if he's friendly with your other mutual friends girlfriends or uh so my my boyfriend really hadn't had a girlfriend before me so um that wasn't a situation um but he is friendly towards their mutual friends girlfriends like no problem like and by friendly I mean he'll at least you know talk to them and you know, maybe laugh at one of their jokes or like, you know, just something like that. Like he'll acknowledge them totally acts different towards them. So it has to be something with me, <laughs> but there's nothing, there's no signs that he's ever given you. That's the thing. I mean, outside of, yeah. outside of a blowjob joke on new year's Eve, there's really nothing <laughs> that you've done that would cause somebody <laughs> to act this way towards his best friend's girlfriend. It makes no sense. Right. Right. And you would think, yeah, I mean, you would think he would try to at least get to know me a little bit, like, especially after three years now, just to make things easier for everybody, like, especially, especially his friend, you know, you would think that he would try to get over it, (laughs) whatever it is. (laughs) Well, and I think your friend, or not your friend, your, um, your boyfriend, should step up and say to his buddy to make it clear. And maybe you just need to be a little more stern with your boyfriend about like, Hey, can, can you really have a talk with him? Because this bothers me. And going forward, if we are going to, you know, get engaged and one day get married, it's going to be totally awkward to be at that wedding (laughs) because he knows nothing nothing about me and he doesn't even talk to me. Yeah. What are you going to do on that first dance? Like when everybody dances with the bride and this guy comes up and dances with you, it's just wow. so <laughs> oh my God. It's so awkward. Would, oh no. God. And if you do a money dance, we'll put like a nickel in your bag or something like that. Like it wouldn't even give you guys any money. I would just be What is a money like... dance? You've never seen you never heard of the money dance? <laughs> no. Uh, wait, uh, Stephanie, have you? Yeah. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean I've been to I've been to what probably kind of weddings are you going to? I've probably been to three or four weddings where it's like during the time where Men in the crowd dance with the bride and women dance with the groom. They just take turns, maybe like 30 seconds, maybe 30 seconds to a minute. But the but the bride, I don't know if the groom has it, but the bride. Is it at a strip club? No. <laughs> <laughs> but the bride has a bag that's just, you just, when you walk up to her, you drop cash in her bag. Oh, I'm into that. <laughs> I know. Why did no one tell me this for my wedding? Is this, some, is this something like, that just. I, I don't know. I mean, I've been to three or four weddings that had this. I thought it was standard. I've never been to a wedding where they had this. Really? That, never that never amazing. heard of the money dance? Oh. <laughs> now, I don't know if it is actually because I don't remember. I was, I guess I was younger when this happened. <laughs> I don't remember if that was like in lieu of a gift and you didn't 
get them a gift. Your oh. gift was giving them, in the, but I don't think it was because some people were just going up and that giving like weird. It would $5. Like, don't get us gifts. Just wait for the money dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that some people were really only putting like five or 10. I know. Some, some people were only putting like five or 10 bucks in. So I don't think it's in place of a gift. It's just a, I would hope not. Yeah. A part of the wedding where you just give it's cash for them to maybe use on their honeymoon. Like just stuff like that, I guess. Huh. But yeah, I've been to like yeah, probably three or four weddings that had it. Wow. Okay. <laughs> if you've had a money dance at your wedding or been to a wedding with a money dance, please let myself or Ashley know. Because I want to see, <laughs> yes, I want to see if I'm weird for attending weddings that have money dances, or Ashley or just hasn't just been to the right city wedding. wedding. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I think I think this his friend would put coal in my. Yeah, wedding. I was gonna say. I said I an, I said a nickel. You're saying coal. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing it makes me think of is like. Love actually, you know, we're like the best friend of that guy and Kira Knightley. Like he wouldn't look at Kira Knightley like all during the wedding and uh-huh. she ends up going to his house because she's like, I know we haven't gotten along, but I just want to see if you had this wedding video of me. And then she realizes that he was in love with her. Oh, God. Like, think of, we're talk- you know, we're talking that's, chick flicks that I've never seen. Sorry. Like the only you- thing that makes sense to me is that he is like has, I don't know. Like he just that that's the only thing that could make sense to me. Or he's, you know, into my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> One to or the other. I, don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the solution for this obviously is to talk to your boyfriend and tell him, Can you find oh, yeah. out like find out a reason? And maybe there's a re maybe there is something that we just and you don't know and obviously we don't know that there is yeah, an underlying is issue reason. other than and it's not just he just is quiet or antisocial or whatever. That maybe there is an underlying issue that you just, oh, the, and you know, you find out. And you're like, oh, that's the reason why. Okay, well, let's you know, let's talk it out. So yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I think it could be worked out. You know, at least on for me, you know, I'm happy to you know hear whatever <laughs> whatever it is and work on it. Um, but just hopefully he would. You know, it's a two way street, so he would have to try and you know work on it as well yeah no i i agree i i think that uh that's probably your best bet at this point so um uh, Steph- i'm gonna need resolution on this i need yeah. to know like what it is as soon as you talk to him yes let us know when you find oh, yeah, out from the friend what happens because <laughs> this is just perplexing because it it's not oh, yeah. like it's not like there is something out there that caused it and it's, no. and it's been three years it's not like you've been dating your boyfriend oh, yeah. six months it's been three freaking years get over it like, yeah i know yeah i don't understand but uh <laughs> stephanie thank you so much for coming on we really appreciate it and can you promise me one thing if you do yes. end up getting married to your boyfriend yes. please have a money dance at your wedding absolutely <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing it now yeah. i'm all about it <laughs> so, okay good all right well thank you so much for coming on stephanie i really appreciate it <laughs> thank you all right bye 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 so thank you, Stephanie, uh, for coming on. Actually, we have now a major thing on our hands with this money dance. Like, I can't believe I mean, w- th- this was pretty straightforward with Stephanie. Look, she needs to talk to the friend or her. She needs to talk to her uh, boyfriend and just get that straightened out. So with that yeah. said, let's talk about well, now, this money okay. dance. <laughs> Hold on. Now I have three questions okay. that have come up because of this. One, I really need to know, like, what is going on with Stephanie's boyfriend. Yeah. Two. What the heck is a money dance? Yeah. Literally never seen it. Three, how have you never seen Love Actually? I know. 
Um, what? I know. I've never seen that one. And it is Christmas time. It's time for like holiday movies. You have to watch it. Okay. I might be totally off on this one and I'm, I think I probably am. Is Hugh Grant in that or no? Yeah. Okay. So, he is. okay. So I have, I, I have an idea of which one you're talking about, which is the other one with weddings and brides and friends. Or weddings and funerals. Yeah. Okay. That one. I think I've seen that. Well, if I did see that yeah, one, that's I was a long time like ago. Yeah, not like this. It just has Hugh Grant in it. Okay, so <laughs> Love Actually. Yeah, just, no, have not seen it. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't You know would why. love it. You have to watch it. Have you watched okay. the other movie we talked about before? The Fault in Our Stars? Um, no. You yet. have three TVs now. <laughs> I know. So there's no reason <laughs> why I know. you should not be watching it. You know, some people were asking me yesterday when I uh, had tweeted out my, my, my picture of the TVs with it. People were asked. I think they thought I keep the volume on for all three. It's like no, I only have. That would be totally <laughs> a mind scramble to watch three TVs with three with sound on all three. No, um, I only have the sound on on the main TV, and usually the two games on top on the new TVs that I bought are just back. Do you have games. like closed captioning on the other two? No, I don't need to see what they're saying. Um, if if I want to hear the sound of one of the two games that's got no sound on it up top, I'll just. I'll just switch channel. I'll, I'll, I'll make that my main TV game, and then I'll put the main TV game up to that TV. I'll just, you know, hit previous. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just touch the TVs and, like, move which order they were in? Well, then I, that way you know, I have to get up. God, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like... Or you're... you could just point at them. Yeah, like, like <laughs> um, what's that movie? Minority Report with Tom Cruise, where they would yeah. just, just scan stuff in front of their face. Yeah. No, if I could do that, oh, that... That would be the next wave in television, changing your channels and changing the mute and by just waving your hands. But you can do that on, like, the Nintendo Wii games and stuff. I mean, has Burley, does Burley have those games where you can just, like, stand in front of a TV and move and it, and it picks up your motion? I mean, Burley is so past the Wii oh, now. Yeah. So, like, he, does, he, like, plays Fortnite. Fortnite and... Yeah, you actually have to touch things on Fortnite. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, the money dance... Yeah, I mean, I've and granted, it's been a while since I've been to a wedding with a money dance, but I swear I went to three or four when I was in my 20s. And it was just, you would walk up to the bride, she had a little, it was like a little, what's the word, satchel? Is that the word, satchel? I mean, I guess. Well, no, those little bags, they're called satchels? Is that what they're called? Little bags, like purses? Yeah, like a little pouch? Yeah, like it's little... like a little pouch, and you just walk up, and you're like, oh, congratulations, and you slip money in the bag, and then you dance with them for 45 seconds to a minute. And there's like a line at the, um, at the dance so floor. So you pay to dance with well, them? Well, you're not paying to dance with them, but that's the object of the money dance. That's what they called it, the money dance. And Wow, okay. And I, I guess it would just be, I've never really asked, like, well, what's this money for? You're already getting enough shit from wedding registries Maybe and this stuff. was a popular trend in the 90s. Yeah, maybe it was. My guess is it's cash used, like they can directly use it for their honeymoon. That's my guess, is why the money dance was created. Like, hey, here's some extra cash as you guys head out on your honeymoon, you know, the next day or the day after. So, I mean, should we bring it back as a wedding? Put it this way. If I ever get married, it's it's happening. So, (laughs) um, anyway, uh, that'll do it for Stephanie, even though we uh, spent a lot of time talking about love actually and money dances. Um, That'll do it for Stephanie. Uh, let's get to uh, caller number two. All right, let's get to our second caller. Uh, his name is Patrick. He's in Nashville. Patrick, how you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you guys? Good. 
doing good. Patrick, can I can I first off say you are this is our tenth episode of the He Said She Said podcast. You are our first male caller. Like we have not hey. we have Woo. not had a male and you know what? You're the first you're the only male call male person who has emailed me to say I'd like to be on. So I was like jumping <laughs> at the chance to uh to get a male caller on here. I think Ashley and I talked Mormon. about it. Yeah. I, I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago where we brought it up about God, we just never even have I'm just not even getting emailed by guys about coming on the show. So, um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's get into what you uh, what you want to talk about. So go ahead. The floor is yours, Patrick. All righty. Well, one, I you know thank you so much for allowing me to uh, tell my story, and I hope after um, this episode airs, more men will definitely be emailing you to talk, um, hopefully about similar stories. Um, so yeah. Um, I am, you know, really wanting to talk. Um, so first things, um, I am a survivor of sexual assault, um, of actually multiple sexual assaults, um, and, uh, really just started wanting to tell my story very recently. Um, especially with the whole me too movement, um, kind of coming out and taking center stage and a lot of, uh, what we're you know kind of seeing in the news, uh, and different news stories. So, um, for me, um, obviously hearing people's stories, uh, with the whole Me Too movement, uh, encouraged me to want to, um, also go very public with my story, um, of being a survivor. Um, I really kind of found a sense of community in the Me Too movement, uh, throughout people sharing their stories online and reading what, you know, other people had faced and how they had dealt with their trauma and, uh, ultimately just kind of figuring out how to best deal with my trauma as well. Um, so um, I guess I can just kind of go into uh, my whole story. So I graduated from the University of Alabama. Um, so I'm a big Roll Tide guy, but um, that was where um, all three of my sexual assaults occurred. Um, really and you know, truly, it was all from one person, um, which, you know, I'll kind of delve more into, but, um, it was, uh, originally started from a guy that I was dating at the time. Um, I kind of started dating him a little bit, kind of long distance. We met on Tinder. Um, this is kind of when Tinder first came on the scene and was a big thing. Um, and it was right when I was getting ready to leave after my freshman year, you have to live in the dorms freshman year at Alabama. So, uh, I had to go home the summer after since I didn't have anywhere to live anymore. Um, and so, I you know, kind of dated him long distance throughout the whole summer. He stayed in Tuscaloosa. Um, he was an upperclassman. Um, you know, we FaceTimed every day. We texted all the time. But uh, you know, I kind of went up and visited him one weekend and uh, stayed with another friend and then stayed with him for another weekend. Um, and then you know, things were great. Things got a lot more serious. Um, it was just really kind of difficult uh, doing the whole long distance thing for three months. But... Um, I became very suspicious of a certain friend that he had. Um, this person and I have not gotten along. Um, we kind of like ran in a similar uh, social circle. And I was like, I really don't like that you're hanging out with, you know, this guy. And he's like, well, why? And I was like, well, one, he's gay too. And I don't trust him. Um, I don't trust him as far as I can throw him. And I can't throw very far. Um, and so I was like, I, you know, it's, it's great that you guys are best friends, but I, question his motives there he and I don't get along very well and it would not surprise me if he you know like tried to sabotage all of this and he was like that would never happen it would never happen um and so 
you know, he started to kind of brag to me about how before he and I had started dating, like he and this person had been intimate before. And I was like, I really don't want to hear that. But like, thank you for sharing, I guess. Like, are you trying to just like be open and honest about it? Like, probably so. Um, I mean, I was 19 at the time, so I was pretty naive and I was pretty dumb. Um, this was kind of like one of my first, you know, kind of like real relationships being out of the closet. And so I didn't really think much of it, but I'm also the kind of person who sees the world through very rose colored glasses. And I always try to give people, um, you know, the benefit of the doubt. And I always try to see the best in people, which, um, came back to bite me in the butt a little bit. But, um, so after I, uh, moved back to school, um, was when we had kind of our first consensual sexual experience. Um, and, you know, things were kind of solidified that since I was back, we were completely exclusive. Um, we were in a relationship. He did the whole, will you be my boyfriend kind of thing. And I was like, this is so cute. Like, thank God. Um, and, uh, you know, we would bicker and argue about just little things. Um, I was trying like really, really hard in my studies, whereas you know, he was very just naturally smart. He didn't kind of have to try. And so he partied a lot when I was studying at the library. Um, but things were still generally like, okay. Um, so one night I was actually studying, um, with a couple of friends and he, you know, he told me, he was like, oh yeah, I'm at the library too. And I was like, oh, well like come study with me. And he was like, what library are you at? And I was like, I'm in Rogers. And he was like, oh, I was in Rogers, but I just left to go to Gorkas. I was like, that's a little weird. Um, so I guess he, this was kind of like right around two when Snapchat stories became a thing. Oh. Um, and I quickly saw on his Snapchat story that he was lying. Um, and he was actually out with his friends drinking. Um, so I very passive aggressively was like, you know, I'm so shocked that they started serving alcohol in Gorgas Library. Um, and just kind of called him out a little bit, which kind of led to an argument. Um, and so... He was like, look, we just, you need to come over. We need to talk this out. Like, and I was like, okay, sure. Um, and so this is about four or five months into us dating. Um, and so I went over to talk to him. And from the minute I got there, I could tell something was off. Um, he was not acting like he normally did. Um, and he became very physical um, in a very aggressive way. Um, you know, was kind of pushing me around and yelling at me in my face and, shoved me at one point and I was like I broke down and just started crying I was very upset and I was just like this is not how you are like I don't know why you're acting like this to me um and so he essentially told me that I had ruined his whole night with his friends by texting him and causing an argument and that the only way that I was going to make it up to him was to have sex and at this point, I was like, no freaking way, dude. Like, you're really pissing me off. Like, you're not going to get the cookie just because you asked for it like that. Um, you're not entitled to anything. And I said flat out no. Um, and he got a lot more physically aggressive at that point. Um, he shoved me against a wall. Um, he was a bigger dude than I was. So, I mean, I could have, you know, easily probably fought back harder than I did. But at that point, I was so in shock and just kind of taken aback that I froze up and didn't really know what to do. And so he continued to be very physically aggressive to me. Um, he you know, basically had me at that point with his you know, forearm against my neck, against a wall, um, and basically at that point forced me into having sex with him. Um, the entire time I was sobbing, crying, um, I 
was just kind of frozen in fear and complete shock at what was happening. Um, Patrick, let me ask you something real quick. Let me ask something real yes. quick. Was he drunk? Very, very okay. intoxicated. Okay. Um, very just, um, you know, very drunk. Um, not only was he being very physically aggressive, but he was saying a lot of horrible things to me about me. Um, and I just remember thinking like, if you think this lowly of me, why would you even want to like have sexual relations with me at this point? Like you've said the worst things about me. So like, why am I turning you on this much? But, um, at that point I just kind of thought to myself, like, just stay quiet let him do his thing and then you can just leave and you never have to talk to him again. And I allowed it to continue to happen. And then at one point I was like, no, like you're not going to let somebody take this from you. You're not going to let this happen. And so I, at that point was like, stop what you're doing. And I tried to push him um, kind of away from me. And, And at that point he pinned me down on the bed and I don't think I'll ever unsee his face when he said this. Um, but he basically said, I'm not done and you're really annoying me. So shut up. We're going to finish this right now. And at that point I was just in complete shock. And, um, I don't like still envisioning him saying that to me since absolute chills throughout my whole body. Um, it is probably an image that I will never get out of my head. Um, and so at that point, I continued to cry. I continued to holler. He covered my mouth. Um, and then I was finally able, he kind of lost his balance to get out from under him. And I ran out um, and ran as fast as I could to my car, made it back home. At that point, I was living uh, in a one bedroom apartment by myself. I didn't have roommates. And so I went home and I cried and I took a shower and I immediately got on my bed and took one large sleeping pill and downed half a bottle of wine and swore I'd never say anything about it ever again. Um, at that point I was very involved on campus in a lot of different organizations and I was in a lot of, um, extracurriculars. And so I was very well known to a lot of people on campus. And the one thing that I kept saying was, it's like, what if someone were to find out what just happened? Like, what if someone were to find out that? And I would, was more traumatized, I think, at the thought of that than I was at the fact that I had just become a rape survivor. Um, that didn't really click with me immediately. Um, so I broke things off completely the next day. Um, you know, sent him a nice text that was like a blatant kind of F you never speak to me again. Um, you're blocked after this message on anything and everything that you could use to contact me. If I ever see you in public, I will turn and walk away. Um, we will never speak to each other again. As long as you don't try to anything to me i will not say anything about what you did um and so did he admit to it or or recognize what he did or he didn't even probably thought he did anything wrong i i mean i don't even know if he could even remember what he did he was that intoxicated Hmm. um i just kind of immediately blocked his number and so if he ever sent a reply no clue um which i think is honestly probably better for me um just to kind of say my piece and be done um and so that was the day I looked at myself in the mirror and I, that was the first time that, you know, I'd looked at myself and I was like, you are the most disgusting person. Like you were like, look what someone has done to you. Like you're a broken vessel. You're a piece of trash. Like you're never going to make anything of yourself. Um, and a lot of that trauma, I just internalized into self-loathing. Um, that self-loathing really kind of took form for me. 
in the form of an eating disorder, and I became very anorexic. Um, at that point, at the high point of my eating disorder, I was eating maybe a cup of Easy Mac a week and maybe two chicken breasts because I was very active. Um, and that was about it. A week? A, a week, yes. Um, and if I you know, had some social engagement where I had to eat dinner, I would immediately go home and I would make myself throw it up. Um, I just hated myself. I hated the way that I looked. I hated the way that I acted. I hated everything about myself at that moment. Um, and that, you know, went on for quite some time. Um, luckily I had some very good friends, uh, who just kind of pulled me aside and were like, Hey, like we know what's going on. You don't ever eat. And when you do, you disappear immediately after, like, we know what's going on and you need to get some help. Um, and so I started therapy, um, even throughout therapy, never brought up the, um, the whole encounter, never brought up, um, anything about the rape, anything about it. Um, and as I started to look back, I was like, wow, there were several other times where he coerced me to have sexual relations. And I started to think about it and I was like, this wasn't just one time. Like this was three, maybe four times that this had happened where I just kind of glossed over the truth. Um, once again, seeing things through rose colored glasses and really wanting that whole relationship to work. Um, and so it was more of something that I wasn't going to say to a therapist. Cause I was like, what if she knows somebody that knows somebody and then she says something. And, um, you know, I just had like no trust in people whatsoever at that point. And, um, so I got a general, um, hand on my eating disorder. Um, and once again, the trauma was still being internalized and that turned into me drinking a lot more, um, and at that point, I was like, well, I'm a college student. I go to Bama. Like, everybody parties. Like, you know, it's not just me. Um, <clears throat> and so it became, um, you know, so bad that I, you know, began to use hookup apps. And I was being very promiscuous. And um, honestly, just searching for some other type of sexual connection that would erase the memory of all of that. Um, and so... I mean, I had a re I had two roommates uh, going into my junior year, and one of them was like, you know, like you hook up with a lot of people, and I was like, I mean, who the hell are you to tell me that? Like, I know what you do too. Hello, we live together, um, and I just thought, you know, it was her just trying to pass judgment. Um, but um, at that point, it had been about a year, um, and then it you know, just continued for about another year. And going into my senior year, I actually had another close friend of mine confide in me. Um, her completely not knowing that I also had a similar story about how she was a survivor as well. Um, and in that moment, I don't know what it was about her. I don't know what it was about her story, but just hearing that it had happened to somebody else that I was so close to allowed me the opportunity to feel comfortable enough to say, I have something that I have been hiding for the last two years and I need to get it off my chest. Um, and so, so that, was she, the, that was the first person you told the very first person. Okay. Um, and it was very much in confidence, very much, um, a, a very close friend of mine. She also, you know, said like, you know, don't tell anybody. I don't want anybody to know. Um, and she ended up becoming kind of my biggest lifesaver at that moment. Um, I honestly don't know where I would be had she not confided in me. Um, and I don't know where I would be if I wasn't able to have confided in her. 
Um, so at that point, it had been about two to two and a half years before I ever uttered the words, I've been raped too. Um, and so that's two years of trauma. That's two years of things that I just shoved down inside of me and never said anything about. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and so I, at that point, had not completely come out to my entire family. My parents knew. Um, all of my friends at school knew. And so I wasn't super comfortable and even, you know, like talking about my sexuality to everyone at that point, let alone like, Hey, by the way, I've also been raped too. Um, I, the shame I think that came from, um, being a survivor was almost more than the shame of being gay in the South, which obviously carries a very, um, bad connotation to a lot of people. Um, and so I just felt that I couldn't really trust anyone and I didn't want anybody to pass any more judgment on me than I knew that they were already doing. Um, so it took me about another two years to finally start to talk to some people about it. Um, and so, I mean, at that point, it had been almost four and a half, almost five years um, before I really was able to kind of start to deal with the trauma in a healthy way. Um, and for me, it was just telling people my story. Um, at that point, obviously the Me Too movement kind of took form. Um, and seeing, you know, really famous people like Allie Reisman tell her story in court, seeing, um, you know, people start to share their stories and stuff. I was like, wow, if these people are courageous enough to do that, then I have to be courageous enough to do that. Um, and so it really just kind of in the last, you know, year to year and a half, I was finally able to talk to my parents about it and open up to them about it. And where, um, and were they supportive? <clears throat> um, they, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a little tickle in my throat. <clears> throat> <clears> throat> okay. Um, they immediately asked the questions like, how is a man raped? Like that doesn't even make sense. Um, yeah. Sorry guys. I've been sick for the last week. Um, you're kind of, you're still there, Ashley. Checking like those typical stereotypical answers on me. Um, but also not really understanding the whole entire story. I mean, I wasn't going to go into pornographic details with my dad. Right. So, so I knew it was already a difficult uh, conversation to have, and I was not going to go there. So, how how long has this? So, where? Uh, I mean, I don't know your age right now. How old are you right now? <clears throat> I am twenty four years old. Okay, so this is within the last two to three years. This went on. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So honestly, within about the last year to year and a half. Um, of really talking not only to my parents about it, but um, extended family, because I knew at that point sharing my story was very important to me. And I didn't want to like blindside any of them. So, um, I, you know, like I said, really kind of found this sense of community and seeing people share their stories. Um, but they didn't wholeheartedly resonate with me. And I think it was because I wasn't seeing things, from someone's perspective like me as a man. 
we weren't seeing, you know, men coming into court and reading off these profound and powerful speeches, you know. So I was finding, you know, I I could relate, but I couldn't completely um, couldn't completely get there. Um, and that was when I was like, you know what? If other men aren't going to share their story, I'm going to be that person that does it. And I took a stand and was like, here's exactly what happened to me, and here's how I've dealt with it. <clears throat> yeah. Are, are you yeah. St- are you still in therapy? <clears throat> I am. Um, I have a wonderful therapist. He's great. Um, he's a big teddy bear. If I want to go in there and lay on his lap and cry, he lets me. If I want to go in there and talk crap about somebody, I go in there and I, I do it. He has honestly changed my life. Um, well, that's good. <clears throat> so, um, you know, for me, I, you know, don't put a story out there like this for any kind of attention. Um, you know, I think I've even tweeted in the past, you know, this is a club that a lot of us are a part of, but none of us ever wanted to be a member of. We never asked for this. We never expected to pay membership dues for this, but we have, and that's the cards that we were dealt. We, you know, what we do with that club and what we do with our story is completely up to us. It has nothing to do with anyone that has ever harmed us in any way. We get to dictate what we do from here. Um, and so for me, I you know continue to see more people share their stories, and I'm still not, not seeing the male visibility, um, and that bothers me. Um, I feel like we've almost been kind of cut out of the conversation. We've almost been left, you know, been left out from that table. And that doesn't sit well with me. And so for me, it, <clears throat> I'm so sorry that I'm like having a coughing attack, y'all. It's okay. <clears throat> so for me, um, you know, if I'm not given a seat at that table, I'm not one to just sit back and not say anything. I'm one to pull my own chair up and sit down and say, you're going to give me a seat right now. I pulled my own up to the table. And what I have to say is not only one, but it's valid, but two, it's important. And three, it deserves to be heard. Um, you know, so for me, I also kind of would like your perspective on why you think there's not more male visibility um, within this entire movement. I think it has a lot to do with even the response your parents gave. I think that men already are expected to be a certain way. And it's always supposed to be this like macho, strong guy. And if something like this has happened to them and they're not in control, it takes away from their masculinity. And to admit that that is really relinquishing a lot of power and even being able to tell these stories or like at least for me I know this was probably the same for you when you get to the point where you can tell your story you really do take back power from that person who temporarily took it away from you so I'm glad that you are telling your story because that's going to give other people courage to do the same there need to be more stories like this like i mean i can't even think of anyone besides terry cruz that's like the only yeah, one i can really yeah, think of right now that was the only name that popped into my head was terry cruz and yeah who by the way is making an appearance on the bachelor this season <coughs> on one of the group oh yeah yeah um oh yeah but yeah i think it's 
Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think of it. I was racking my brain when you brought it up, Patrick, was when you said, like, there's just not a lot of male representation out there that's telling their stories. And I'm like, yeah. And Terry Crews was the first one that popped in my head, and I can't think of anybody else. The one, well, the one, the, the one kid who came forward with uh, Kevin Spacey, he's one. Yeah, see, that was the one yeah. that yeah, popped him. up in my head immediately. Yeah, that yeah. was, he, well, he's the one that kind of started the movement, right? Like, he was <coughs> for, in terms of males. Like, yeah. One, one of the few, but he was the one that first came out, and that got kind of the ball rolling, because that was right after Weinstein, I think, and now yeah. there have been, been, there's been some <coughs> other, I, I thought recently there has been some other males that came out against Weinstein as well. I thought there was a male in there, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I just, I think what Ashley said is pretty dead on. It's just, it's, it's this macho ego thing that I think people are just very reluctant to, you know, to, to give up and to tell the story yeah. because it makes it like less. Like, They're less of a man if they less say of a that. Man. Yeah. If you say that, yeah. another man took advantage of me and I wasn't able to, you know, fend myself off or whatever. It just make them like seem weak or and it and you're not it's just not at all yeah but it gives um, the perception you know and now that i'm now that i you know i'm so close um i have a very very close relationship with my dad um he and i've always been very close um you know i even kind of made a joke to him one day i was like dad it was so much easier to tell you that i was gay than to tell you that i was a rape survivor um and he kind of looked at me funny and i was like think about it like one, you can eventually kind of get to a point where you're like, okay, yeah, that's just who you are. Um, and the other one, you know, like, you're immediately like, that doesn't even happen. Like, men can't be raped. Like, that is, it's, yeah. a, you know, scientific kind of fact. Um, and so, um, and I think, too, I, it, you know, women are so much more statistically likely to be a victim of sexual violence than men are. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen to us right. as well. Yeah. Um, I think that it's important to not only acknowledge that it happens, but to allow us a part of that conversation. Um, just like feminism isn't only for women, yeah. this whole Me Too movement isn't just for women as well. So right. when when you came out to your parents, <coughs> was, it, was it difficult? for them or did they um, did they yeah. suspect it or were they totally in shock um well growing up i was a ballet dancer so in mm. my eyes it wasn't that like unforeseen happening um yeah. but you know i mean my dad was a star baseball player and i ran around in a pair of tights and a tutu basically um so <laughs> you know i didn't think it was going to be a big shock um it was a big shock to my mom surprisingly um, she took it definitely the hardest. Hmm. Um, I think just kind of her uh, Southern mentality of what she envisioned my future being and me kind of taking that away at that moment. Um, were, you in which, high, were you in high school when you did this? When you came out? Uh, I was, a, it was right after my freshman year of college. Oh, so okay. freshman year was really kind of where I found myself. Um, and then right after, you know, coming out, having all of this kind of happen, kind of allowed me to not really break out of my shell as much, um, but to more kind of retreat in it. Um, and ultimately, like I said, kind of internalize everything that's going on. And especially that being <coughs> your first relationship, really. That's so tough. Like, 
Would you, how would you say your relationships after that have been? I was going to ask, have you, have you been in one? Have you been in relationships since? Yes. So, um, I've been in a couple. Um, they've all been, you know, great. I mean, one cheated on me, um, which that's his problem, not mine. Um, so I mean, you know, it was, you know, his fault, not mine, but, um, it was hard to deal with that, but everything else in terms of that has been great. Um, the one that cheated on me kind of, uh, you know, kind of did me did me in pretty good, um, broke my heart pretty bad. Um, and so oh. I haven't been in like a really strong relationship um, since, which was, I guess, almost three years ago. Um, you know, but I still date casually here and there. Um, I'm honestly just kind of enjoying doing my own thing. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Are you <laughs> young? You should. Yeah, you're 20, yeah, you're 24. I'm living my time. own life. Yeah, you're. Oh yeah, plenty of time. Yeah, you're 24. You're also, you know, um, <coughs> you know, you're in Nashville. I mean, that's a hub. <laughs> plenty of stuff to do there and hang out and have fun there. And like, I get it. Um, but I mean, yes. at least at the the good thing to hear is that you're not like anti men and anti like I just cannot open myself up. It's going to take me a while to trust anybody. I mean, at least you're. You've kind of recovered to enough where you're at least dating and, you know, possibly could lead to something. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I never wanted to, you know, close off an opportunity. I'm very much kind of an opportunist. Um, you know, so <clears throat> do I see myself like wanting to settle down right now? Absolutely not. Like I'm enjoying living my life with a dog and a cat and having the freedom to do whatever I want and not really having to answer to anybody. Um, but, um, kind of dipping back into dating, I was like, you know, if I do become like intimate with somebody, like, is that gonna freak me out? Um, like, you know, am I going to have a flashback? And it has happened. Um, the PTSD is a very real thing. Um, you know, and luckily I, you know, have been with men that were very, very gracious and understanding. Um, and they not only, you know, like listened to what I was explaining, but, they really, I felt, heard me and understood what I was saying and believed everything wholeheartedly, which I wish, as a country, um, we could do with all survivors, um, is yeah. to not just listen to them, but actually hear what they're saying, understand what they're saying, and believe what they're saying. Yeah. Um, no one would make up a story like this um, right. just right. for the sake of making it up. I no, agree. I think that Go ahead, that's the most important advice is I think before anyone gets anything in their head, you have to listen to people and you <coughs> have to let them be able to tell their story. Because if someone can sit there and look at you and tell their story, you're not going to be able to tell them like, no, you're making that up. Like once <coughs> you see how it impacts the person and you know how emotional it is for them they're not lying yeah yeah no absolutely no, absolutely I, I think it's it's obviously become a big thing in the country now and with the movement like you said like i just think the more people that tell their stories the better it's going to be and it, it just people will feel safer and whether it's a therapist or a, a, a online group or whatever there are people out there that are going through what you went through and you've obviously found some grace in in them um and you know you found some sort of group that you can talk to and i think that's great and i re- i mean it's 
I appreciate you telling your story because obviously it's not easy, and I know that it's something that you wanted to get out there, and I guarantee somebody listening has been through it as well. And um, 100%. You know. Yeah, and so, you know, for me, it's not about, you know, just like wanting to, you know, shout it from the rooftops. I don't think any of us, you know, we're, you know, super keen on the idea of being like, hey, everyone, like, guess what's yeah. happened to me? Yeah. But <laughs> it was more, you know, getting it out there so one other people feel comfortable doing it and two if someone needs a resource to be able to use me as a resource to understand where to go from that rock bottom place because i had no clue yeah um it took you know another rape survivor to kind of join arms and link arms with me and lift ourselves up every single day and i mean it's still a daily struggle um to to live and to you know fight down that anxiety and to find something to live for when you feel like you can't even get one more breath in during, you know, a day. And so, you know, if I can, you know, be there for other people that have been there, that's something that I find very, very important to me personally. Have you you ever thought about being um, like a small group leader? like that? Um, I have not. I have not thought of that. But I think you would be so wonderful at that. <coughs> oh my gosh! Well, thank you. That's a huge compliment. So thank ya. <laughs> um, no, I I definitely am. I'm one of the kind of people I want to just do as much good for other people as I possibly can. So it's definitely something I'll look into. No, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I <coughs> I appreciate you telling uh, your story, Patrick. I mean, like I said, I, I guarantee somebody listening has been through it. And, um, you know, I, again, I it, it had to be, you know, even though you're, a, you know, an anonymous person in terms of who's listening, to this, <coughs> like we know who you are. They know who you are that's listening. But it, it, I guarantee this will get across to somebody. So uh, thank you for, for doing that and, and coming out and telling that story. And, uh, you know, I appreciate it. And you know, obviously hang in there and, um, you know, good luck with everything in the future. Yeah, no, thank you both so much for the opportunity to share the story. And, um, you know, I can't express how you know, thankful I am for the opportunity. So no problem. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah. Thank you. Patrick. Absol- absolutely. Y'all take care. Bye. You too. All right. Bye. Well, thanks for Patrick, uh, for coming on. Hey, 10 episodes and we got our first Male caller. How about that? Um, But he did bring up, obviously, an issue that even though we haven't had any male callers, I'm sure we have male listeners to this podcast. And, you know, that's, you know, with everything going on with the Me Too movement, that's a big deal going on now. And it was, you know, when he was telling the story and we talked about it during the call, I'm thinking the whole time, outside of Patrick, what males have come forward? There there have been very few. There was the Terry, Terry Crews, Terry the, 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 the guy who started it all with Weinstein, um, not with Weinstein, um, the Kevin Spacey kid, you know, um, yeah. other than that, there aren't many that have come forward with anything substantial. Uh, and obviously there's way more women Me Too's that have come forward and I, I just, I don't get it. Um, but you know, it's happening and that's the thing. And I'm glad that's for sure. Brought, glad Patrick brought attention to this. I mean, that was uh, very important that he did. I'm glad, I'm glad he did. And hopefully somebody listening, um, you know, reaches them and realizes you can come forward because it is, you know, like for the men, 
as you said during the call, it, it comes across as uh, like you're weak that this happened right. to you. And that's maybe the, yeah. why they don't come forward as much. Um, well, and I think his story is important, too, because I think a lot of people think that rape only happens from like a stranger or someone you don't know that well, but it can happen in relationships too. And there's this important concept that people are talking about now where consent is not a contract, you know, just, just because you're in a relationship with someone does not mean that like you have to have sex with them at all times. And you can start to have sex and decide you don't want to at some point. And that doesn't mean that like they can keep going. There are a lot of rules to consent that people should familiarize themselves with. No, I agree. And it looks like Patrick went through a situation where it sounded like that's what it was for him a couple times, at least where he just assumed because I'm in this relationship and because he wants it, this is what's acceptable. And it wasn't right. And found himself in the middle of it thinking, all right, well, fine. Let me just get it over with. And, you know, just wait, you know, just basically close your eyes and just wait till it's over. And, you know, obviously that's not a position you want to be in, but I'm glad he came forward. I'm glad he had a friend that came out to him about their incident, which triggered him to, to do it. Right. Cause if that friend doesn't come forward, who knows, Patrick still might not be out and tell anybody, yeah. you know? So thank you to Patrick. Also, thank you to Stephanie, our first caller. Uh, and that'll do it for episode 10. If you want to be part of a future episode, you want to be part of, Episode 11, which will be out in a couple weeks, uh, email myself or Ashley or DM us. Either way, uh, tell us what times when you're in, when the best time for you to record is, and uh, we'll work out a time to uh, get you on the show. So that'll do it for episode number 10. Good job, Ashley. Thanks, Steve. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> ha- and also, have a good uh, have a good Thanksgiving. Um, couple you days too. Week. So, yeah, that'll be a good Thanksgiving week. I've got two movies i gotta go see i'm taking the niece and nephew they want to see the ralph breaks the internet one i never saw wreck it ralph did you ever see that one no i've never seen that one okay and then of course as a guy i need to see creed too so uh that, <laughs> that opens i think they both open wednesday tomorrow so anyway uh we'll be, i'll be checking out those this week and uh we'll be back in a couple weeks with episode 11 so for ashley spivey I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you in a couple weeks. See ya. He's telling me no, he's dragging me down. He's leading me on and stringing on.